Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Starting Grid, the official RCGP podcast. It's your main man, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And today's guest is probably, I think, the best commentator in RC, Mr. RC Racing TV himself, Nick Damon. What's up, Nick? How are you? I'm very good, Keenan. Thank you for the very kind introduction. I, I, and I obviously wouldn't argue with you, though I perhaps should. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think you're selling yourself short, dude. I've, I've been... Uh, watching RC Racing TV. I stumbled across it a few years ago, um, and I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And I've been a fan ever since, and I can't wait for every production that you guys do. So I'm really looking forward to the summer and you guys getting back to doing the Ephra events for Off-Road because you actually uh, make it very exciting. Uh, that that is that is our remit to try and bring people in and entertain people. And obviously, it's a, RCTV is a, is a big... Uh, cooperative organization there's lots and lots of people to work for I think we had 11 different guys doing various different jobs last season this season with the extra stuff we're doing um, there'll, be, there'll be more so it's it's not just me it's not just Matt obviously who you spoke mm-hmm. to a couple of weeks ago but there's two Jameses a, a John a, a Harry and Ash and Paul a DC and, and many many more who help uh, bring the programs out yes but I mean I thoroughly uh, enjoy them I've, I've been a big uh, proponent of it because um, you know I've I try to share your videos every time. I mean, your event, your events when they come on. I tell all my American friends about it, and a lot of the American guys have started watching them, and they love the coverage as well. Like every person that I talk to, absolutely loves the coverage. Well, that's, well thank you very much. It's, it's, it's good to know. It's good, always good to get positive get positive feedback. So that's great. I mean, and we enjoy doing it, and that's the key point. I mean, we we do it because you know we, none of us is becoming um, the next multimillionaire doing this. We're doing it because we enjoy it. Um, and, um, you know, we try and do the best we can sometimes in very trying circumstances and sometimes it's quite easy. Well, I think that's key. You got to enjoy it and it shows when you guys do it. So kudos to you guys. Thanks. All right. So we've decided to get you on, uh, the RCGP podcast because you're going to be involved in this, but we're going to touch on that. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Isn't it? Okay. I, I'm very excited. I mean, we're a few weeks away from the first event, but it's a, there's a non-stop flow of emails and uh, WhatsApps as we all discuss the various elements of, uh, of the, how we're going to bring the broadcast to everyone. That's, I, I know the feeling because I'm kind of on the other side of that, so I, I get it. Um, but before we get into the RCGP side of things, for those that don't know you, then there's, you know, I'm, I know that's hard to believe, but there are people that don't know you. In the RC world. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's normal for me, but I know obviously in Europe you're well known because you, uh, uh, that's where you, you're based. But this mm-hmm. is more, this is just to, just so people know who you are. Let's, let's talk about you. Like, how did you get your start in racing period? Because 
you actually commentate for full scale racing as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm my back. Be quite my back. Actually, I've been racing RC cars since 1981. Um, so I started racing uh, very old uh, uh, 12 cars way back when, um, and then I did the, the normal thing, raced off road uh, 10th electric. Uh, for a few years and then did the thing that most people do i think in in rc they're not well, the professional you, know, you kind of up for a bit don't you? you kind of go off and have a life you, you, know, mm-hmm. you, get, you know get married and have children that sort of thing and i came back to rc um about 2000 2001 when my son was uh a bit which was kind of you know sorry 2004 was a dad son thing and i've carried on racing um club racing just uh club racing i do a lot of 12th and uh foam indoor racing these days because it's the easiest thing to do just pick up and run uh and still race with my with my boy now you know he's um 21 so that's 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 the rc side so i've always been very much into rc okay um, as far as kind of broadcasting is concerned it's a very very long story but the the absolute strangest thing about it is the first thing i ever did in motorsport broadcasting was formula one i literally started at the top by a series of very strange coincidences which would take longer than this program have to uh, has to uh, to explain but the first thing i ever did was italian grand prix in 1996 where i was working for uh, bernie eccleston's direct um tv um digital tv company and i was a pit lane interviewer so i did i did pit lane interviews for interesting uh, yeah for f1 for seven seasons till 2002 mm-hmm. um it, people with long memories of, of how F1 used to be. I mean, in, in the years gone by, they used to, when at the end of the qualifying in the race, they used to have the top three drivers used to come in and, and sit in a studio room and have a couple of questions thrown at them. And uh, for four years, it was me who asked those questions. So I was a disembodied voice asking Michael Schumacher whether he was pleased he won or not. Um, and yes, I did. So that was, so I can, can legitimately say I broadcast live to 65 million people. The only problem is they only heard my disembodied voice. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a real kind of straight in the deep end. And yeah, it was great. So you could see going around the world with F1. Um, it was a lot easier then um, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, when I finished, I think there were about six races outside Europe and now obviously about 13 races outside Europe. So my friends who are still on the on the circus find it a lot more difficult. But yeah, so I, so basically, yeah, so I did, did F1. But that, again, it's just it's a pit lane. I wasn't doing commentary. Mm-hmm. How long did, um, it, did you do that for? That was six, that was six and a half seasons, so seven years I was, I was doing that. Okay, so that was um, your full-time job or just something that No, you... no, it's always it, – it, the, the, the motorsport media is very, very hard to make a full-time job. I've always had a day job outside. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in various types of technology sales. So I've been doing networks and phone systems and all that sort of stuff in the last 25 years. And currently I work for Epson, who um, obviously make uh, print, printers and projectors. Okay. So that kind of uh, pays the mortgage, and then all the rest of the stuff is uh, it enables you to be a bit more flexible and, and, and enjoy some of the time off uh, traveling the world doing races. So, yes, I mean, I, I, mean, I still do a lot of full size racing. I mean, I, I, when I came out of F1, I ended up working in British touring cars for a while. I met some guys there, and, and now I do um, radio, because I obviously have a face for radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I do a lot of endurance sports car racing. So, the event that most people heard of was Le Mans. Mm-hmm. So, I've, I work for Radio Le Mans. I've covered the last, uh, uh, this year will be my 13th Le Mans. Okay. So um, again, in the pit lane. So everything I everything I really do with full size stuff is, is pit lane reporting, pit lane interviewing, um, a little bit of, of uh, commentary cover. I don't tend to do to actually in full size stuff. I don't tend to do commentary. I have done it. It's just not something I tend to do mm-hmm. um, because I actually kind of enjoy more being out in the fresh air and interviewing people. So um, yeah, and then and then the reason and how the whole RC stuff came around was basically because we were chatting. Some friends of mine were chatting. Uh, back in 2005, um, we were working for a small TV company. Actually, we were actually working for ITV, which is one of the biggest companies in uh, in Britain for broadcasting. But mm-hmm. the, what we, the program we were doing was going out on a small motorsport-only channel. And they were looking for more content. 
And we were thinking, oh, we could make some content. What, what can we film that's not filmed in motorsport, but it's you know, relatively cheap to do? And I said, well, I do RC racing. I think RC racing would be an easy thing to film because obviously it's a very small, compact um, uh, area to cover with cameras. And you can, you know, and that's what happens. So we end up you know, running around and uh, producing the RC TV program because that's what we were. We were a TV program. This live mm-hmm. streaming, live coverage was a complete afterthought. So we did four years of uh, the TV show where we just effectively went, went, went around and filmed races you know we went to some of the early neos we went to the 2ic went to some world championships uh, in um around the world so a couple in, in in thailand and it was basically we had a budget from hpi as it was then and we kind of used that as our travel budget and we kind of had like filming holidays really <laughs> um so it was just a bit of a bit, a bit of fun and, and and that only changed um in 2010 when we got the contract for efra to cover their european championships but that again was just in those days was just for post-race videos a bit of update live you know, a bit of, you know a written live updates yeah that was it was very much uh, the, the infancy of of what the video was doing so we put a few videos up on on youtube during the course of the event and then we put up a, a, a edited final summary at some point quite soon after that Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of naturally gravitated towards the you know, live streaming as the technology improves. So we started live streaming in, in 2012. And, you know, that was kind of a muddy 360 on a single camera, a couple of races. And then, you know, as, as our knowledge improved and technology improved, we, um, we just increased the, the quality and, the, uh, and where we went to do the, the live streaming. So we're now kind of live streaming all over uh, Europe. Um, you know, we either using you know, we, we, all sorts of methodology. One of the key things we did, uh, Keenan, is we actually bought ourselves a satellite internet system, mm-hmm. which meant we could broadcast many field anywhere in Europe, which was particularly useful because, you know, there's very few, the whole point about RC tracks, especially the, the, the Nitro ones, they're built away from everything else. Yes. Very rarely have decent coverage and very rarely have a, uh, a direct connection. So we, uh, yeah, we were doing satellite internet. So that, that enabled us to broadcast from everywhere. Um, and that's what we did. So you know, we've now done that for... Um, I think live, yeah, so live streaming now has been done for seven seasons, and it'll be eighth season this year, or six and seven. Um, yeah, there's some interesting changes with the the EFRA presentation, and you know, working more closely with Matt and the control team, yes. uh, who are obviously friends of ours mm-hmm. uh, in the Europe side. And then you know, we've got the rest of a very very busy um, season with RCGP. Um, we're obviously doing the DXR event, which is the replacement for the Neo. That's uh, mm-hmm. over Easter weekend, the four days of Easter back in that shed in Telford. Yes. Um, and, you know, quite excitingly, we've got a couple of championships recovery at the back end of the season. So, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a busy old year. It's an interesting old year, and certainly RCGP is going to be uh, one of the highlights of it. Yes, that's, it's, it's very interesting. But um, I just had a quick question about your, your full-scale, your full-scale ha- career. What, is, what have been some of the highlights of it? Because you've, you've been able to rub shoulders with these, these professional drivers, and I'm sure you've, you've met them and talked to them. Can you give me one of the, the most, like, draw-dropping uh, experiences that you had with them? Um, I made Michael Schumacher cry once. Oh, oh no, no you got to tell us how you did that. Well, yeah, I, say I made Michael Schumacher cry. I was doing one of the, uh, the post-race interviews. I think it was Mons, I think it was 2000 or 2001. And, you know, he'd had a bit of a tough time. And he was, it was, I think it was an emotional situation. And I just asked a simple question. I think he matched uh, Ayrton Senna's wins i think and i said oh does it mean much to you and he said oh it means a lot to me and they just literally broke down in tears it was like this is very strange and we were sitting there going well all of us were equally confused and mika hacken and uh, his brother ralph were the other two drivers and they were going what the blooming hell's going on here as well and he just completely broke down it was you know all very unexplained yeah it's kind of it's kind um, of weird coming from Schumacher. I, I, yeah, that's the thing. You kind of had to kind of it, 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 one of the weirdest people to happen to. But you know, uh, we all have our breaking point, and that was obviously you know, my my 
penetrating and insightful questions were the thing that took him over the edge. But uh, yeah, it was a um, it was a it was an interesting situation. Yeah, I mean, been, yeah, I think yeah, there's a, a lot of the the things that you, you you remember most when you're doing these these international tours. It's very actually to do with the the races. It's very much to do with the, the you know the actual off track stuff for the people, the travelling, the the events. Yeah, the, the, the races themselves tend to blend a little bit. You know, you kind of remember. Remember sometimes you know, the, 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 if you don't see new for the first time, but individual interviews don't really stand out anymore. Um, it's just the, the, the weird stuff that happens occasionally. Yeah, I, it's funny because uh, when I was in England back in 2004, when I was in my slimmer, more fit days, I was actually <laughs> training to be a firefighter, airport firefighter, and I was up in Teesside, um, mm. up there in North, uh, North England there. And I had a friend of mine, his name was Darren, and he was uh, on the same course as I was. And he sat right behind me and, you know, he kind of like I was kind of into Formula One, but I really wasn't And he, <laughs> like I liked it, but I didn't get go too deep into it. And he was a Ayrton Senna fanatic. Right. Mm, he actually yeah. he actually gave me his biography, which I read, which is a really good book. If anybody wants to read about learning how to be like a champion, you should read that book. But um, he actually used to work for McLaren. He used to be the mm-hmm. personal trainer for Coltard and Kimi Raikkonen at the time. And so he used to tell me about, he used to travel around with the team and he used to tell me all the stories. And basically he said, D- David Coltard worked hard and Kimi Raikkonen didn't want to do, uh, he didn't want to work out as much, you know? So pretty cool stories. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, another thing about England is that people don't realize how much of a, a racing culture comes out of England. I didn't realize yeah. it till I went there myself. So yeah, I mean, we've got we we, we you know living where I do in the middle of England, I'm right in what we call the carbon fiber triangle, um, <laughs> and it's you know if I go ten miles north, I've got oh, sorry, fifteen miles north, I've got Mercedes F1, and then in another direction, I've got Bricksworth where they make the engines, then at Silverstone you've got uh, Racing Point, then down the road you've got uh, literally my, um, less than a mile from my house, it's Red Bull Racing, yeah, uh, their factories, and um, then you've got not much further than that you've got Grove for Williams and a little bit and um, and Renault and and Haas are actually based in in I think in Bista with their European operations, so it's it's and then of course beyond that you've got all the companies to supply them because all the specialist manufacturing so it's an mm-hmm. amazing area here of high engineering and yeah if you go rc racing a lot of the rc races the club races work for the f1 teams oh yeah, yeah. They actually, so they've got their, their design engineers or their stores managers or mm-hmm. they you know, drive the trucks and it's um it's uh you know it's, it's a motor racing is absolutely in the blood of, of the uk and certainly very much is this middling part mm-hmm. it's similar to uh north carolina because i i i yeah. go to north carolina quite a lot in my travels and that's the center for nascar and it's all around charlotte the charlotte area and you would see i mean and there's a lot of the people that actually work in you know work for these teams they race a lot of rc it's mostly a lot of dirt oval that they race yeah. but it's i can i can imagine what you're saying like it's it's just so much racing and technology and race teams going on in that area that it rc is a natural thing to boom there so you know i get it yeah it's, it's a chance to do a bit of racing for yourself you know without the uh, unbelievable budgets required to even go karting exactly all right so we got ra- rc racing tv you guys are doing a great job um you do most of the races i think i think you do all of the all of the euros and 
and whatnot. No, I mean, we, we, yeah, RC Racing TV do do all the Euros, um, or have done the last few years, um, and then selected other events. Yeah, so it's but it's different people. So we have, it, because the Euros go bang, 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 bang. You know, historically, mm-hmm. there's been um, nine events on eight weekends. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have to keep rotating the team around because you just can't. You you wouldn't be enthusiastic after if, once you hit your fourth weekend in a row. Um, so uh, yeah, we and we what we've also tried to do is is try to use the same guys to commentate for the same classes. So. Mm-hmm. It's, kind of get some continuity and some expertise and that sort of thing so i've done uh historically i've done the stuff i didn't do the eighth scale nitro eight scale electric and um the large scale stuff and i've got a, one of my guys does the uh track electric and obviously we've got a guy who's specialist in um uh, one-tenth electric uh, off-road so that's you know so we, we'd, we'd like to keep the expertise together and also keep people doing so they're doing you know they get a rest in between the events Will you be doing? Will you yourself be doing the uh, DXR event here? Uh, in oh yes, Easter? yes, yes. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's a, it's that's, that's, that's a great event for me. I love that event because it's uh, it's in the UK, so it's mm-hmm. really easy to get all the kit to. It's mm-hmm. over the Easter weekend, so I haven't got to take any holidays from uh, from work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, one eighth nitro, so why wouldn't I do it? Okay, because uh, ni- nitro is the glory, dude. Nitro is the glory. Well, yeah, I mean it's 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 just it's 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 the most interesting class. Personally, I mean I think I think when it comes to one of the things I do find is I much prefer um, the commentary on um, the nitro and the uh, any of the fuel events because i think the the way the day builds up to a crescendo in the main final mm-hmm. is more fun to do than the electric events where you've got three separate a finals so yes. you have a, a you know oh yeah big bit and then we go back down again so i, I quite like the way the day builds for a for a nitro or a, or a, or a I see petrol event in large scale. Yes, so that's just per- this is just personal thing for me. I think it's it, 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 and I think a lot of things is if you if you if you are a commentator, you're, you're, a lot of times you're trying to tell a story, and you know naturally a story starts at the beginning and co- it goes to the end. With an electric event, you've got or one of the you've got an end there about a third of the way through, and then an end there another third of the way through, and an end there another third of the way through. So mm-hmm. it's a bit strange. Yeah, and also with the nitro races, you get pitch strategy, which is always exciting. So, you know, I love it. I love it. I think one of your, my favorite comments is from Neo uh, 2017, and he, he's fenced Mayfield. He's fenced Mayfield. I think that's like one of the the most iconic uh, phrases, and just your voice saying it that I've I've heard in RC racing. I think it's awesome. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's um, yeah, I mean I, what you, I think you have to yeah, you know, if you're going to get involved, in it, you've, got, you've got to be interested by it and you've got to be excited by it. And if something exciting happens, you say yeah. And obviously, at some point, you may say something that actually isn't particularly true. You may see you know, like it's like yeah, you, know, you watch football, you'll see mm-hmm. someone you know apparently slide into the back of someone and think that's the most awful foul you've ever seen. And then you see it get in slow motion, you realise it, it it may have been clumsy, or it may not even be a foul at all. You might have got the ball first, but you have to say it as you see it. Yeah. And yeah, you got you got to build, build a bit of drama and build a bit of excitement because that's what it's all about it's an entertainment after all people are people are giving you you know 45 minutes or an hour of their time that they could be spending doing these days 25,000 other things so you've got to make it worthwhile and you want to make it informative and exciting okay that's awesome now my next question or query is how does your full-scale commentating cross over into your rc commentating um, well, I say I, I don't do a lot of commentating in full scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to do the pits. I think what I would say is the what does translate very well is is the ability to read a race and the ability to read a timing screen, mm-hmm. um, which is absolutely key in in endurance racing. Because obviously, in, in a, in a full size endurance race, they're twelve hours, twenty four hours. You know, you kind of need to know what's going on, who's where, and when, and and. Uh, you know understand how times affect things understand how pit stops work understand you know and and that's 
that's kind of a, you, you learn as you you go go through. But it's something which you can certainly you know play out. And I do feel that one of the things I, I probably do understand quite well, and and which is difficult sometimes to, to, to portray, is the strategy side of a longer race because you know you, you have to work out if people are going to drop a pit stop and if they don't drop a pit stop, you know how much that's going to save them. So even though they're currently running second they're effectively netting the lead because the amount of time the extra pits up that barry needs over trevor will put trevor in the lead and i think i think that element of race reading uh, is really where you get the crossover because you understand a little bit more about how the the variables affect things again that's another reason why when you, you look at a five minute or, or or eight minute electric race which are very exciting but it's like you they're starting and they're finishing and, and, and there's, there's no there's no real tactics just go as quickly as you can you know, because these days Electric races don't even have an issue about duration on the batteries. It is, it is just do what you can. It's, there's no tactics. Yes. Whereas, you know, within a within a, a longer race, there's always an element of tactics. Even be it with fuel stops, be it, you know, how long your tires are going to last. I mean, they are as cars and machines and fuel gets better, they get longer and longer and sprintier and sprintier. Mm-hmm. But there is still a tactical element, and you know, and and you can see sometimes. And also, there's the ability, of course, with fatigue comes in, fatigue for the machine and fatigue for the driver. And some drivers do, you know, are better in, in, in long races, better at the second half of the race. You know, I think a, you know, a great example of that would be um, the Neo last year where uh, Ronafat went out, broke down, left Ongaro happily in the lead. Mm-hmm. But, he, you know, but Robert Bat- Battle just closed him down over 35 minutes, it took him 35 minutes to get back to him. And it had been a 45-minute race, Ongaro would have won. But then with 12 minutes to go, or 10 minutes to go, Ron of, uh, battle made up three quarter lap, caught him up, and then they had a monumental scrap for the oh. last ten minutes. And that's just the ability to use those tactics and use that kind of, uh, I suppose he you know, racing against nothing, you're racing against air when you're in the middle of space. But mm-hmm. you, 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 it's not even like you're getting the, you can, use, yeah, the, the, the buzz you get in a real car where you could kind of see that you're catching the person up. You're so far behind, mm-hmm. but you know what you need to do. And, yes. and that it's my job to tell people what's going on and say, you know, like that, yeah, that, 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 you know, he was 37 seconds behind. He's now 27 seconds behind. But at this rate, he will catch up. But this, that, and the other. So you know, one of the great things about um, RC, yeah, and the commentary of rc is you can see the whole track and that's really if you think about full-size racing you can never see more than 10th of brands out you can never see more than a, a few hundred yards so you mm-hmm. don't know what's going on around the back unless someone's got a camera pointing on it but i can if i'm from my little normally raised position i can see the whole track so mm-hmm. i can visually see if someone's catching up or if someone if i'm actually if the camera's concentrating on you know runner i can see in the background if ongaro's fallen over or vice versa yes and and that makes it uh, that's one of the great things about rc racing is you have this ability to to see what's going on and tell people about it um even though which you wouldn't know in a full-size race if someone had had a spin and continued um the first thing you'd know about it is when they turned up a bit late for the for the to cross the line, and with seven, you know, unless it was caught by a replay. Right. But we can see this in real time, mm-hmm. so we know that's happened. We know there's been a bobble on the left, and it's and it's it really enables us to to tell the story much better. Yes, I agree. Um, and that's the beauty of of RC. That's why when people are like, "Oh, we're gonna do this first person view RC," I'm like, "Well, that kind of takes like." away from what why we do this in my opinion so just just something that i was thinking off the top Mm. of my head because i've seen a lot of people talking about first person view you know from drones and how we're going to apply it to off-road racing and i'm like no we need to just keep doing it from a a rostrum i like to say rostrum you know i i don't and i think it's an awesome word by the way (laughs) (laughs) so yeah my my next question would be to you is rcgp is about making rc bigger than what it is right now do you think rc can be bigger than it is now 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I think I think RC. You know, if I'm really honest, I think that um, RC had a period where it was very, very large, very big. You know, if you look at the stories at the turn of like late 70s, early 80s, you got Tony Knight singer, the 12th world champion, claiming he got a million dollars. There was certainly a huge amount of money. It was a very, very, very big um, sport, and the people were doing very well out of it, and, and the companies were doing very well. And I think that that carried on going after a fashion to about the turn of, of the century, about the turn of the 2000s. And at that point, I think that, that RC began to just slightly begin to shrink a little bit, and, and a little bit because um, I think that the the sim racing world began to get better. So you, know, you began to start getting more and more realistic sims, and, and people were thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just do sim racing. Um, I'll play my computer. But I think what's happened now very much is that um, the people are bored of the computers. Mm-hmm. And so you've got people who actually want to go out and do it for real. And I think we're seeing a real move from the kids who... Who perhaps were you know who previously thought oh great F1 and and, and thought great with Forza and and that sort of stuff it's it's it becomes very you can asinine and eventually you go well yeah I've now it's, it's got as good as it gets now photorealistic fantastic great but you kind of re- you kind of want a bit of jeopardy and you kind of want to have a, to feel it in your hands or certain people do by the way my dog's about to bark an awful lot uh, just so you know okay she's no guarding me from the post she's guarding me from the postman <laughs> So that's 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 real life, you see. Interrupting. Yeah, that's no worries. I, I got I got a couple of dogs and birds outside. Yeah. Hey, she's small. She's small but vocal. That's flow. Yeah, that's that's how it normally works. Rewind it back. You said something about a million dollars, Tony Nisinger or something like that. I, he claimed. I, he claimed. Yeah, he claimed. He, he was he was a twelfth. He was a twelfth world champion uh, mm-hmm. back in seventy, and he claimed he made a million dollars out of it. Really? Uh, winning I, a couple of world champions back in the late seventies, early eighties. And I, I have no, I have no way of. Um, knowing if it's true or not, but he called himself Mr. Million Dollars. Um, you know, from, but that was right when the thing was most popular. But I was just going back prior to the, to the rude interruption by my small animal. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it, it's now back on a, on, a, on a slow upswing, I think, again, RC. I think it's picking up. I think there's, um, you know, I think it's, it, people are coming back to the sport. I think there's, there's, there's constantly elements which are going down, elements are going up, you know, and there's people moaning all the time about the cost. And, and But motor racing is not cheap, and this mm-hmm. is the cheapest form of motorsport by a factor of about a million. I would say so. I mean, and... Also- it's unbelievably expensive, and that's the next thing that you do. But, you know, and, and I think with RC racing, you have the ability to, uh, to race very very regularly in, in different classes and, and get your fix yes yeah, it's obviously it's slightly different you're not actually in the car which is an advantage when you get to my age because you're not gonna hurt yourself yes um but yeah i think i think it's a it's a it's a good sport and certainly you know there's a lot of interest about you know looking at the engineering side of things the cars now you know do help develop engineering skills so we you know we're looking at trying to do a type in the uk with a couple of the larger manufacturers to try and see if we can um uh, kind of get, give a kind of little, uh, into the schools yeah i agree to try and give some you know, engineering and, and uh, so that, and that's worked for the BRC. I've been there for a while now trying to you know, teach engineering basics through RC. And, of course, it all does work. Yeah, I have a friend back home in Bermuda, uh, Irvin Romain. He's a, he's a teacher. And he, uh, a high school teacher, and he actually does a lot of RC. He had, like, RC clubs and, and whatnot like that to try and get these, the, these young kids some mechanical skills. Because as, as we've, you know, the, the one thing I will say, as computers and everything has become more popular, especially things like gaming, esports, people don't do as much physical stuff and these these kids like back in my day when you, you didn't have all this stuff you would get a bike or do something and and people kids have kind of lost that so he kind of took rc put it into his school and part of his program uh, to teach these kids some mechanical skills you know yeah 
And I, I think RC is a great transition for that. And if you like it, you'll be good at it. If not, then so be it. So, yeah, we def I definitely am all about getting RC into schools. I think it's a great, a great, a great thing, personally. Yeah, I think, I mean, it is the future of the sport. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's that is the growth, the growth area. Yeah, you need to, to uh, I think for a while, RC was getting older and older and older, but certainly in the clubs I race at, and I just do club racing, I don't do national or regional racing, the club racing, there's a lot more kids there now, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten the odds. Um, and that's great. It's, yeah, yeah and, they're, and, they're having a, and they're having a good time with the parents, and it's a good, it's a good actual doing thing, you know, keeping away from the screens. Um, and actually physically, I'm realizing, yeah, there is, you haven't got an all, uh, yeah, control all F9 and the car doesn't magically hover back down the track mm -hmm. mended. You know, there is a consequence to smacking things very hard, yeah. as I often find. <laughs> <laughs> also, like my, my argument with people sometimes to say, oh, this is just a hobby. It's not a sport. I'm like, eh, yes, it's a hobby, but it's a sport because it's competitive. And you're out there. I mean, people will say, well, it's not physical. Uh, well, yes, it is. I mean, you have to physically be standing on the on the on the rostrum. You have to, in like it's stressful. Like I don't know if you've I've I've when I've ever when I was ever made a long main after forty five minutes of being on that rostrum, man, your body's just kind of drained because it's oh, yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. focused. Uh, I, I've not done a lot of, of fuel racing, but I've done a couple of I did a couple of endurance races years ago with the uh, Bahars. I think I did a forty minute session. I was dead. Yeah. Yeah, you know, eight minutes and a twelfth race was enough for me. Um, no, I think I think the hobby pastime sport thing is always a, a difficult one. Two of the biggest televised inverted commas sports in the UK, which are darts and snooker, don't involve any sort of physical prowess, but they're still sports. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it's. You know, I think it's certainly seen as a, a sport within the, um, you know, within the, within the government guidelines. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a sport. You get to people out in the fresh air. You get to run around a bit, and if you're doing marshalling, but yeah, you get to run around a lot. <laughs> I think I think in Europe it's treated more like uh more like a sport, more like full full scale racing. And in my I've never really been to a big race in Europe, just watched them on, online mm. thanks to RC Racing TV. And it it just feels like the atmosphere in Europe that uh they treat these bigger races or racing more like full scale and like an actual motorsport. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it, to me it seems like Yeah, well I think I well, I think I think it's it depends on the country to be really honest with you because um some of the countries um the actual governing body is the same as the governing body for full-size motor racing so mm -hmm. the governing body for finland for example is the finnish motorsport Association. i believe the governing body for italian racing is changing to the aci as well so actually it becomes an element of the actual um you know the the the, the, the motorsport governing body who'll be affiliated to the fia and i think the brca is in the uk is affiliated to the F to the ms the rac msa so it's a lot of lots of anachronism basically you know it is being treated more and more as an offshoot of, of motor racing mm -hmm. um you know and there's a lot of yeah if you think about it you know, we are you know everyone's talking big about formula e as the electric racing series i've been racing electric cars since 1981 <laughs> um you know so it's nothing special nothing new to me i mean it, it, people think oh this is all new but it's but, yeah rc's been doing it in scale form uh, and that's why I mean, one of the things i always do and people laugh at me about this i have a little kind of conversation is i never describe it as toy car racing it's always scale motorsport. That's that basically, and you know, is is selling yourself short. It's yeah. not toy car racing because they're not toys for a start. No. But it's scale motorsport. That's yeah. what it is. That's and, a good thing. And, you, and I think if we all look to promoting it that way, you suddenly get a mental seed change. We say, "Well, scale motorsport." Okay. Yeah, that's actually, and that's what it is. That's actually good, and that's what I'm going to start doing from now on. Thank you. Can yep. RC be can RC be more like real motorsports? And why has if it if it can? Why hasn't it already happened? 
What's well, I think it's a really interesting question that because real motorsport, if if we look at real motorsports and we take away the top level, so mm-hmm. take away F1, take away anything that's regularly on the TV, so take away F1, NASCAR, Indy, to a lesser extent, um, IMSA, WEC, yeah. Mm-hmm. Real motorsports at that point is guys who are self-funding, turning up to a racetrack and racing with people in comparable cars. Yeah. Yes. So even uh, quite a big event, uh, big big injury, like, like the preventing events we do, that's what it is. And that's what RC is. It's already the same. It is people turning up with their cars, which they prepared themselves with their friends' help, and racing them. Um, so if you, if you compare us against um, a similar sort of motorsport, so a club to anything that's not televised, really, uh, and even stuff that – sorry, anything that's not televised live, then RC already is the same as, as full-size motorsport. Mm-hmm. It's only at the very top echelons um, where it's different. And in fact – if you actually look at the live TV you get of RC racing um, with ourselves and obviously um, uh, live RC in the States, and obviously with a couple of independent, you had the Australian team doing the Worlds down in um, Perth last year. Yes. That sort of coverage doesn't happen in any other sport. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know any other sport where you've got I – mean, we've, we've talked to, to some of the other smaller um, – uh, motorsports and they and they, they don't have the kind of vision to do that i mean you, you you have some subscription only stuff for speedway and that sort of thing but actually free access to the largest meetings in in motorsport is is virtually unheard of so in fact in many ways we're actually better than full-size motorsport um but we are completely unknown and i think it's about it's a case really it's a pr side for, for more and more people to know we exist yeah i that's that's the biggest thing here um people don't know what we're doing because I feel, I always say this, I say we treat RC car racing like the underground dogfighting ring. And I'm not, like, I say that because, like, like most underground dogfight like, they're absconded in some weird places with a bunch of guys, like, fighting dogs. Not that I vocate fighting dogs or nothing like that. It's just my, <laughs> it's just my comparison that I use it. It's like we try to hide it. And I'm like, man, this stuff's like we try to hide it like we're like i almost feel like we're embarrassed about about it because when people exactly what people say oh you're just playing with like toy cars or radio shack cars and mm-hmm. we're not we're not like you said scale motorsports we need to take rc m- make it uh a more spectator friendly sport and people say it can't be done but it can be if you got the right people involved and pr- show that to the world and i'm pretty sure People be like, "Oh, this exists. I want to do this because everybody can do it. Yeah. Everybody can do it." It's it's interesting because you know one of the, one of the things we did this year, um, first time we started. I mean, it's been done by this point. We actually we started co-broadcasting. Like I say this year in 2018, we started co-broadcasting all our stuff on Facebook Live as well as um, YouTube. And our YouTube channel is incredibly popular. But we, yeah, the people who who know about our YouTube channel, are people who know about us, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you, know you, you have a very slow incremental growth of people who come into the sport and find out about us but once you go on facebook and it and the um the stuff proliferates around suddenly you know you've got people falling over the falling over our coverage and you get yeah you get people going what on earth is this and why why you know and you know what rubbish what on earth they do and then you got people just absolutely hooked and fascinated and you, yeah. and you pick up you know we had a a ridiculous over we, we broadcast um the European season last year in the Neo event, and we had a 12 and a half million, 12 and a half million reach and four and a half million views on Facebook. Now the really? views are only a few seconds each. I understand that, but that is that many people seeing RC probably for the first time. Yeah. 
um you know the the, the, the you know we go look on our youtube you know the youtube we get a lot less views but the average view length for youtube is 25 to 30 minutes so people are actually watching a huge amount of rc because they are the fans but, the, but having this two-pronged attack now means we're getting you know a huge reach huge numbers and also the chance to both service the the fan and to get new people in yes because um i've seen many times i'll be watching uh one of your events and somebody new would just pop in like you, you know in the chat and so i always monitor in the chat and watching the race and you guys are very active in the chat as well on youtube and people would be like oh what's this and then you would actually answer them while you're comment uh while you're announcing commentating sorry because that's another thing we're going to touch on um commentating the race but you come the way you you commentate it is a you it's it's for the average person to understand as well so they come in and they say hey what's this this is racing and then oh this is eight scale nitro racing with methane engines and then next thing you know i see like so many people answering this new person that doesn't know anything about this and they think it's cool and who knows if that person went out and said I want to do this, like, and then bought themselves no, I a think, car. I think, I think, I mean, it's, it is getting it out there. I mean, I, I think the, the one of the reasons, I'll be absolutely honest with you, one of the reasons we are very active within the chat uh, is because we have many, many hours to fill. <laughs> um, so it helps <laughs> to have to chat to people or asking them if they can just follow their mate round in the in the qualifying heats and that sort of stuff. So you, you need to have a conversation with someone. Yes. Um, to, and, the, and, and, Obviously, we have co-commentators, and some actually our, our co-commentators actually are, are normally the guys who run the cameras. And some are some are some are comfortable talking on the mic, and some aren't. So it comes to it. So sometimes you're on your own. Some you're, you know, Matt and I can talk rubbish for hours. Mm -hmm. um, some of the tangents we've been on are frightening. Um, you know, so but the thing about it is, you have to make it entertainment. You have to try and feel that you have to make the, the you know make it entertaining and make it interactive, and that and that makes it easier for us to have something to talk about. Because you know, we, we you know absolutely up front here, and I've sat there. And we have done events where you've had 11 hours of qualifying and you are spent on any sort of subject to talk about, um, you know, and you think you know, literally I have nothing to talk about. And then luckily someone will come in with a, with a comment and you go, great, I've got another five minutes and off you can go again. Because it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of minutes to fill and, mm -hmm. and you, need to do, you need to give you know, everyone the same level of, of coverage, be they the, the superstars or, you know, the guys who are just starting out in a you know, major championship. I actually, you guys do a very good job of that because many times we'd be watching some lower heats and we'd be like, hey, can you follow this person, please? And you guys will, and you'll talk about it. And you make every, I think you make every race, no matter what, all 11 hours of it, exciting. So that's... Well, I, yeah, I, th I think we, we, we do, we, we, it is a kind of, a, we do try to do as much as we can. I mean, uh, yeah, I think, I think some events you can make them exciting. Sometimes you do sit there going, when is this day going to be over? Well, <laughs> well, that's because we have to revamp our, our race format. We do, we do too much qualifying. Well, yeah, I mean, that is, that is true. I mean, that's that's more difficult to do within the uh, the EFA and the, the IFMAR world yes. because of the way, way it works. But obviously, that's one of the great things about the clean sheet of paper with RCGP. You can, you can make the actual highlights of the day a much greater percentage than mm -hmm. the trundling around of the day. Yes, of course. Much so. so, what do you think we have to do to get new people into RC, being as we're talking we're on this subject about people coming in and and learn uh, discovering RC for the first time, what do you think? What do you think as we have to do as an industry to uh, to get new people into RC? Because I, I like to say this: um, esports is really big, like gaming, like just like Call of Duty. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's it's so big around the world. And I would say to somebody, if we got like one one tenth of the the amount of people that are into esports and gaming if you had one tenth of that our industry would be so much bigger and everybody it would be better for everybody 
we need one we need one tenth of one percent of the people who are into gaming that's yeah all we there need. we go yeah that's um even. that would be but the thing is i think you know people the, the virtual world is 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 massive and 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 easy to access and relatively inexpensive um and but it's not real and mm-hmm. eventually people want to do things are real and yes. and that's we need to find those people who are frustrated with the um the cartoonish element i know the, 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 a lot of the graphics are photorealistic but the fact that yeah, who want to actually do it for real and experience for real now the way it used to be was karting and that's far too expensive and now we have a halfway house where you are mm-hmm. you know engineering and racing for real and 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 you can be are actually in the car which is a number of advantages practically mm-hmm. uh, and financially but yeah it's, it's just getting that move the only way really i mean it, it, every sport is fighting for eyes and every sport is fighting for time and every sport is fighting for dollars the only way you can do it is by getting in front of people um you know and and they the, you know we've had a tv show for a number of years and that's gone out in europe and unfortunately the, the, the main tv channel that's covering it went bust so now we're, we're more of a on a couple of internet uh, programs who are most trained on demand with a tv program but i know, you know with, with the rcgp the idea is very much to you know the rcgp coverage is is in many ways as much about the post-production as about the live production mm-hmm. because the post-production is where a we can deliver a lot of sponsor value but also where we can start to really drive and develop the sport itself because people who look at post-produced stuff will be you know there's a number of channels where they will just fall over it you know they, they previously they're watching i know stadium trucks in um alabama or something and the next half hour program is rcgp round one from Manila. Yeah, um, and, they'll, and they'll still be watching it. And they go, "My God, didn't you know this existed?" You know, and and what we we need, you know, at that point, they'll get several thousand or a hundred thousand people who've never seen RC racing before. Will either go, "Oh, I'll give that a go," or they'll say, um, "Oh, you know, I'll watch the next one and see what I think." Yeah. You know, I think the the the, the 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 biggest synergy really within a sport to our own is drone racing. Now, drone racing is a very interesting sport because that also is a hard, is a if you look at it, it's very much spun off the concept of e- esports you know, to the extent where they actually use the guys' gamer tags rather than their real names. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're really, really honest about this, um, drone racing actually is a terrible TV sport, <laughs> but it has the zeitgeist. It is the yeah. fashion. It is now. You know, and you saw those huge events uh, three or four years ago, that two hundred fifty thousand dollar event in. Dubai, I think it was Abu Dhabi, yes. And there's still um, a couple of, of of series going on where they run them around, you know, really exotic places like the the, Yankee, like the, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, or it might be a, a disused thing. And it's all very conceptually exciting. The only problem is, it's very, very, very difficult to film a cohesive a cohesive set of races with drone racing because you're just following a little little bright light around, and the yes. and the FPV stuff doesn't kind of give you an idea. So it's so, but they've managed to find people who will put a huge amount of money into this and make these programs now that money was there because entrepreneurs felt that drones were the, were the in thing and the new thing and if we're really honest about this they've got to a point and they're going no further because that's all they can do um and in many ways of course there's a backlash now with the with the use of drones to to disrupt flights and that sort yes. of thing so yeah I mean, and and the biggest problem they've got with the drone with the drone racing is it's really hard to it's really hard to film and follow mm-hmm. um it's in three dimensions. It's effectively like having a bit of a kind of a, let's see, which is the fastest firefly. Um, <laughs> and they've done, they've improved much as they can, but I try and watch it and I find it really, uh, yeah, I, I spoke to a friend who said he, he enjoyed it, but you can't really follow the races. Yes, you might be able to follow the personalities, which is a key point. You might be able to follow the teams, but the racing itself, even though they're very short races for, you know, two minutes, two and a half minutes, it's just, you know, effectively, it's the same as having a, a fight off between several different angry wasps painted different colours. You don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't get the, 
enjoy ever taking them either because it's three dimensional. The, the onboard stuff is just often nauseating. Yes, but you know they've got the money, they've got, the, and they've, they've paid for the slots within ESPN and everything else. And then, and it'd be interesting to see what they can do in three or four years. We need to, be, you know, what we actually have is a product that's actually very, very easy to understand because it is effectively the same as motorsport, but just in scale. So you understand the concept of overtaking, of pit stops, of everything else. We're just saying this is how we do them in miniature, and you know, and the racing can be certainly with the off-road race. It's very spectacular. The cars are up in the air. They're bouncing about. They're they're, they're doing flips. They're they're doing massive jumps. Uh, but we need to get that in front of people, and that and that is the situation. And, and people don't seem to understand this. About about. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question right now. Cool. How many motor racing series do you think are paid by broadcasters? I don't have. I do not have an idea. I think. I think they. You actually pay to be on there. I don't know. Am I wrong? Most. You know, you're. You are very well clued up. Most people think that TV companies are falling over themselves to pay you to show their series. Obviously, because all we ever hear about is a $75 million deal for F1. Let me tell you right now. Let's give you some examples. WEC, World Endurance Championship. If you take out Le Mans, the WEC does not get paid by anybody mm -hmm. to show their content. They produce the content and they give it to the TV channels. Now, it's a pre that's probably a free deal. So they haven't got to pay for minutes. Other places, for example, you know, if you look at the British Touring Car Championship, which is, which is the biggest non-F1 TV show in the UK... ITV get it for nothing. It's paid for by the support series. You know, if you look at IndyCar, IndyCar outside the US, no one pays for IndyCar. Right. IMSA outside the US, IMSA outside the US is, is, is free to air on um, on the on the web. Right. You know, Formula E, Formula E, which is the, the that doesn't no one's paying for that because they couldn't they, they couldn't get the numbers. So that's right. again being given away for free and and produced, and that money is paid for by the manufacturers who want to get that that present present. So. You know that is that is the truth about the the sports TV market that outside the top tier of sports, which have sucked all the money up, be it F1, be it NFL, be it whatever it is. Other sports are at best giving the show away mm -hmm. and at worst paying for the minutes. Yeah, that's uh, I never thought of it like that. To be honest, never did. But I guess so, yeah. Sorry. So so basically, when you look at RC racing, which we ha we we can build that by you know actually producing a, a well produced program and then getting it placed on various areas. And in fact, it is possible to make, you know, uh, you know, you can probably get paid two or $300 a show. The only problem is the show costs you 10 to $11,000 to produce. <laughs> um, and that's, and that's the difference you see. So yes. it's, it's, we have to work. There isn't, there is not, you know, there's not some guy called, you know, there's not Mr. Joe Smith who's out there looking to book new sports to fill his minutes. There's a guy out there who's waiting for the new sports to come to him and say, I've got this half hour, 48 minute program, whatever it may be. Would you like to place it on your channel? And that's, mm -hmm. and that's the, the truth of, um, of how it works. Yeah. We, and and it, I always, so it, so, sorry, go ahead. Okay. And so, 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 so which is why sponsorship is so important, be, mm -hmm. it, be it RC sponsorship or commercial sponsorship, because that pays for us to actually put those shows together. And yes, you do what you'll get. The point about it is you produce a good show. You can then get it onto many, many different places and for nothing rather than paying. And eventually you'll get to a point where you, you can build up enough momentum to get someone to want to back the shows from a broadcast, back the sport from a broadcast situation. Yes. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people ask me this question. Why isn't uh, why is drone racing on ESPN and RC racing uh, off road racing isn't you? You just answered that. But I also like to say to them. We don't have a viable product to put on 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 TV right now, no, and that comes, no. and and that's one of the things RCGP is going to change. And people people like, well, 
this is actually leading to my next my next spiel that I, I say over and over. I feel if you're gonna the best way to promote your your sport is to have the best going at it. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's great. I don't get me wrong. I love I think everybody should race. I love that we can race and cut it up with the pros and whatnot in RC. But at some point, you know, we definitely want want to see like these guys that can have ultimate control of their cars and battling against each other instead of you and I racing against each other and just trying to survive going around a track without, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. without flipping over once. But that brings me to my next thing is I feel we need uh, a professional level in RC. We have a, a professional R level in RC, but we really don't. I mean, I think... Um, we need to have a, a definite line of professionalism in RC. So we have these guys that are yeah. pro drivers, but it's very difficult to do because we don't even get the pro drivers to to gather to race more than once a year. I mean, look at DNC. We just had DNC, right? Mm -hmm. we, ha we had the Worlds. So we had the Worlds in, in October, November. I can't remember. Time. I'm getting old. So we had the best, <laughs> we had the best of, of the world racing, and that was so exciting. Cool. So we just had DNC, the race I was at, probably the biggest contingent of European drivers to ever go to an American race. It was I, I thought it was great. It was awesome. But my next question after that was, when are we going to see these guys get together and race again? What? for mm -hmm. In 8-scale Nitro anyway, what, 2020, uh, 2020? That's next year. Yeah, I think in Brazil, 2020 be the next time. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, yeah, I, mean I, think, I, I think you're right, Ken. I think, I think, you know, the thing is, though, and, and just to, to change... To, to change it very slightly when it comes to producing a television show it doesn't as long as the people are all competent it doesn't matter if they're the top 20 drivers in the world okay now what's going to happen is when rcgp starts i guarantee on the chat we will get why isn't so and so there why isn't so and so there mm -hmm. why is it so and so why have the 16 drivers you have why is you know and and for the fan that, you know, I, must, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure who is going to be at each of the events yet, because obviously there's a certain S works now. As of yesterday, we've got another driver to choose from. Oh yeah, that's going to be um, great. So yeah, they've now got four, five top drivers with four places. So I don't know how <laughs> that's going to work. Anyway, but the point I'm making is, is that if you turn around and you go right, is your Neumann one of the top seven or top ten? Um, one eighth off-road drivers the answer is no is he one of the top 10th drivers yes but it doesn't matter the point about it is it doesn't matter because you turn up with 16 competent professional drivers whether they be you know whether it be uh you know mayfield cavalieri tebow um, whoever it, ongaro whoever it may be or not be those people as far as the tv show is concerned it doesn't matter because people who, who will fall over the show don't know who the people are Mm -hmm. so if we say here are the top 16 professionals they'll go okay they're top 16. they are that's yes. what they are yeah i get and that as long as they and, and all these guys you know fair enough you know i've, I've not I've just, I, I, you know, if um you know let's let's say to, to avoid using real world let's say that, that, that dave miggins is the best driver in the world yeah and dave miggins there but dave miggins if he was there could go point one of a second faster than the drivers who were there makes no difference to the tv show yes yes i agree we effectively will build the personalities of the 16 drivers who are there. Mm -hmm. And they will be the people, as far as the world is concerned, are the top drivers in the world. Yes. Until the, until the top guys. And that's, and and that's the, just how it is. Yes. And until these manufacturers get together and say, hey, this is good. We're going to do this. Then that's... I, I'm, and, I'm, and, and the thing to remember is, is that if you are... 
if we get the publicity right, then the people who, if it turns up and, and you know, let's say it's S-Works with a Reds engine is winning, when guys who turn up, who've been brought in by the, the TV show, start looking on the internet for a car, they're going to type in S-Works first, and they'll type in Red second, because that's what they know. I agree. And that's how it works. And if you ever think how you make your own purchases initially, you'll have picked up some information from a friend. That's why... RC companies sponsor club drivers because they want when someone walks into the club not knowing what to do they want me and I'm I um, do have a small sponsorship from Schumacher uh, for my club racing to to go yeah there's two or three good cars I've got the Schumacher you know and that's that's what it's about it's about because you, you you wander into doing RC racing and no one just buys something without doing a bit of research. It's you know a thousand dollar purchase, eight hundred dollar purchase. Mm-hmm. So they, so what we, if you actually set the scene, you tell people on a TV show that you know the the, the people who are in the, the eight teams who are in um, uh, RCGP are the top teams in the world, uh, and and you know I'm not saying we lie. We just ways around saying it, but it doesn't matter by inference. I think well they're in the RCGP, they must be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is that is how the promotion works, and that is why the uh, uh, the, the HB and performer and everyone else who's involved are going to get a huge boost in yes. their you know in their image in their marketing, and, and and it's and this is why. You know, people, why are we doing this? We're doing it to promote the sport. Why are the manufacturers doing it? Because it is extra cost them in the first year. It's to make it so that when people do start racing, that's the name in the back of their head. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with that. And and it's I'm, I'm glad these manufacturers have the vision and the open-mindedness to see that something has to change in RC. Because yeah. what, what we're doing now is inviolable, in my opinion. And all we're doing... What we're, what we're doing now, I mean, what we're doing now is a very effective way of finding out who is the best person at a race meeting over three days where mm-hmm. at the end of the three days you've had perhaps three interesting races and, and that's pushing it possibly only one that really mattered mm-hmm. um if you talk about a single class event you know the and and that is fine but is it televisual no it's fine for live stream like yeah we have a couple of boring days but we can live stream through the finals and finals day is always quite fun and that's great and you look at the way the audience grows and and people understand it but it doesn't work for tv and it doesn't work for um the the way people actually consume um content outside of the fans and i love i love the guys who stay with us all day it's fantastic we've got i got guys like you're one of them keenan oh yeah i know lots of stuff we do it's great to talk to them you know the mother of one of the i don't know you watch large scale stuff but one of the mothers uh, actually knitted us some socks last year and sent them down we actually got socks knitted by a fish by a finnish um farmer (laughs) and and it's great and and that sort of interaction you can't you can't buy but if we're actually looking to grow the sport then we need to produce something that can be um consumed in those bite-sized chunks people want to consume it and they want to come back for more because they've been entertained yes and and another example i use is you look at all other motorsports motocross formula Mm -hmm. one moto gp people's people okay let's be realistic people ride motocross bikes okay people obviously cannot race formula one but they race other forms of of motor of cars and and people can go out and buy uh sport bikes to race up and on at their local track but i guarantee you Every one of these people that, that own a bike or own a motocross bike or own a race car, I guarantee you they follow some form of racing, professional racing. Yeah. So yeah, um, we lack that in RC because we don't actually have a professional series. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just have a one-off race every two years. And it's not for, I, I, I enjoy the world championships. I think it's, I think it's great. I just wish it happened more than once every two years. Um, I want to see 
a champion come over a, ser a series of events. So, so for instance, let's say DNC this year. Now, uh, Rana Falk was probably, I think, the f I, like people would say Ongaro was the fastest, but Ongaro, I think Rana Falk was probably the fastest guy all weekend. He laid down the SmackDown after, you know, his third qualifier. He was fully confident. Him and Mayfield were very confident. I talked to them both. Ongaro was confident too, but it's kind of hard for me to gauge it because, you know, I, he's young and he's, he's super confident anyway. But... Here we have Rana Falk and, and Mayfield. We're probably going to go have one of the best battles you can think of in RC. And then obviously Rana Falk hit the light thing and broke. So that was kind of like race over. David was there, but, you know, eventually it just ended up with Mayfield, you know, lapping everybody and, and winning, which is great because, you know, that's what Mayfield does. But I'm like, when, is, when, when can we see this again? We can't. And that's, that's what bugs me the most. So. I'm all for the series, dude, and a ranking system. Uh, uh, not a ranking system, but a series with points based so we can say, okay, this person's number one, this person's number two, and then people will get invested in that. You know, so they'll know, okay. Yeah, I, th you know, I, think, I think that's, you know, every other championship, I can't, I can't think of any which just has a single-shot world championship you know, in a motorized sport. They always have a, a, a round by a several round championship because obviously a, it, it spreads the word and it gives you a chance for people around the world to see the actual event. So, yeah, I think a points rate. I mean, it's interesting because the only other methodology of ranking people we have is the old top twenty-five list, which is which is amusing, but you know, is 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 horrendously flawed. Um, but you know, it's it's the best of a bad job to do that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's completely made up and, and bears. You know, I, I, I can't remember what happened. I think it was some event in January where Ongara, who just won the world championship, because he did, went down five places, and they're thinking that yeah, you, 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 that yeah. doesn't make it. It might make sense by maths, but it makes no sense by actual fact um so yeah i mean it's it's you know and what will happen is there'll be an event um the dxr event will happen in um april i think there's seven or eight of the top 25 going to be there but even more as the entries are increasing and that'll be a ranking event and that'll mm -hmm. some people get knocked out because they didn't did neo last year and didn't do it and, then, and it's not really a, it's, it's a kind of an indicative guide and that's it mm -hmm. what we need is a championship where people are competing against each other and it's one of these things where they then become you know they are they then become the de facto best drivers in the world and it's 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 perhaps not fair to the guys who can't go because their particular manufacturer hasn't backed the series or whatever but they will particularly they will become the people that the the the, the people will talk about of because course. they'll be seeing them yes you know yeah, you've got four RCGP rounds. You've got eight RCGP races where you'll see the, you know, the, 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 those top drivers racing. You've got a Euros, which you'll see the Euro all the Europeans at. And you've got a um, Raw event where you'll see all the Americans racing at. But they're not going to all meet up again because no. the DNC is the biggest uh, of all the um, international events in the States. So the Silver State, that won't be that big. I don't think it's like a Nitro Buzz. It's a bit weird anyway. And so there won't be anything else which is going to bring everyone in. So people are just going to wonder, that's, that's, that's the de facto world this year as there is no world. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, and, I, and, and if we can produce a good enough show and a good enough TV program, then you know, people are going to even more think, well, this is what I want to look at and this is what I want to watch. And, I don't, and it, it very quickly isn't very important who's not there. Mm -hmm. um, we, I always say there's no asterisks in the record books. <laughs> so if you look at if you look at Nico Rosberg, Nico Rosberg won a 2016 F1 World Championship. And he only won it because Lewis had terrible reliability. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. There's no. Doesn't say 2016 Nico Rosberg asterisk Lewis Hamilton reliability. Doesn't say that. It won't say that. And in 30 years' time, won't say people won't even remember that. They just go, oh, Rosberg won it. You know, there's no asterisks in record books. So no. the fact that your favourite driver may not have taken part in RCGP season one doesn't matter. There's still the the, the world champion of RCGP will still be you know, Trevor Smith who did take part. Exactly, and, and that will carry on. You yeah. can only beat who turns up. Exactly, that's in every sport. Yeah. 
a lot of the next question I get, and and you, uh, you can probably shed some light on this, and it comes probably going to come back to what we talk about, is why don't we? Why doesn't Red Bull or Monster or any outside of the industry companies sponsor or support uh, RC racing? And I'm like, if I was an outside company, and you came to me like as a as a race team, you would have to like, what do I get from it? You know, yeah. and. And that basically, let's be realistic. Like people sponsor things for, for promotion. So, if we're gonna be racing uh, RC cars with no type of, like no type of interaction, like oh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna cater to to three hundred people at this race. Yeah, that's nice, three hundred people. I want to cater to three hundred thousand people, you know, or more. Is RCGP, which I feel it will. Do you feel the RCGP will bridge that gap and then probably? Uh, most likely the goal is in year two, we see outside of the industry sponsors because now we have a viable product for them to promote to that reaches a, a, a worldwide it's, audience. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's all about return on investment. And, and one of the issues we have is this is going to surprise you, Kenny. One of the problems we actually have is that if you meant those, those companies you've mentioned, the, the large companies, we don't ask for enough money. Really? Um, I had in conversation. No, seriously, I've had, conversa I've had conversations with sponsors before, and I say you can have the entire season because it doesn't cost that much money to do. So you can have the entire season for whatever it was. Let's say it was fifteen thousand euros. I said mm -hmm. fifteen thousand euros, you can be the primary sponsor for the entire season, maybe a bit more. Mm -hmm. And the problem they have is that to work out the whole thing for fifteen thousand euros or for two hundred thousand euros is the same amount of work, and they aren't interested. Not because they don't think you're any good. They just think, well, no, it's all right. We, 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 you know, we've got we've got a multi-billion pound um, marketing budget uh, or multi-million pound budget. Yeah, you know, we, we, you know, we don't need to spend. Yeah, we want to look at things where we can send fifty thousand euros, where we can take guests to, where we can get this, that, and the other. And RC doesn't have that um, spin attraction at the moment. You think about no. if you if you go and sponsor a motocross event, which probably costs you fifty thousand pounds, you've got you know the, the big tracks like that, so you, you put a hospitality unit up and all that sort of thing um and that's that's what we need to get to and you need to get but you know and you need to be able to show you know what the return investment what the viewers are and everything else and mm -hmm. obviously you know as you get onto tv then you have a, a much better chance of getting a title sponsor who is without of the industry yes and my guess is that is what will happen either during year one or in year two um we, there will be a title sponsor will come on board yeah. It will still be a, you know, there'll still be a, an inside element. If you look at, you know, again, look at motocross, they're sponsored by the oil companies and the petrol companies and the chain sprocket manufacturers and everything else, but they have an overarching Red Bull or Monster. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's, there's no reason why, why RCGP won't have, but because don't forget, at the moment, RCGP does not exist. It doesn't exist until the first weekend of May. Yes. yes. So sometimes, and with a lot of people, you have to show them what you've got. And mm -hmm. once you can show them what you've got, then they're prepared to invest. And that's why year one RCGP, you know, it's, it's a massive investment by the guys who are doing it. It's really impressive stuff they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they will, you know, not speaking out of school, they'll lose money in year one. Yeah. But the point about it is... They already said that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. That's yes. what it is. You've got to build it first, and then they'll come. And this, in our case, you've got to build it, show it, race it, film it, and put it out, and then they'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, because beyond that, all you're doing is talking about theories. You know, we can show race action, but RCGP, you know, with Matt and the team, is is, a, is about a lot more than mm -hmm. race action. I agree. It's about personalities. It's about post production. It's about everything else. Yes. So you know, and and that's the key point. And also, I think what a lot of people's like, I have one question is like, well, what makes it different from watching live RC or even watching RC racing TV? From what I can tell, and I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know all the ins and outs. I know quite a lot, 
But I think what we're going to see her is like, you know, drivers that may have matching uniforms and, and pit set up, like professional pit setups, autograph signing se sessions. If you treat it professional, people will take it as professional and we don't treat think, it professionally right now no exactly there's a lot of a lot of very easy a lot of very low-hanging stuff you can do like proper post-race conferences yes. um you know you know that sort of stuff you know you have to sit down and, and chat to the guys afterwards after qualifying after everything else you know making sure they give your yeah the, the guys know they have to give their time the you know the key difference and the and the, and the thing that i think where it's 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 uh you know already moving ahead is the format chain so mm -hmm taking on board the rcgp1 taking on board you know the, the excellent model from things like dtm is having two separate race days so mm -hmm. saturday is a separate day and sunday is a separate day so it's two completely separate events that happen to be at the same track um with a different format you know you've got two uh two 10 minute race two 15 minute races uh finals combined in saturday and one 60 minute on sunday with with qualifying that always counts so it's sort of a um, reedy style qualifying not quite that way but you know every every qualifier is a race as you try and get as far up the grid as possible so you end up with um on saturday you have six races that mean something straight away and and, and are all very important and you have five races because you only have a single final um on the sunday because you also have the rcgp2 finals and semi-finals as well so you have a much more packed two days of stuff that people are going to want to see on the live stream so i think the live stream will be you know is a more interesting place to be and we obviously will be playing in um you know the, the features and everything else that's been cut at the time so there'll be more you know new features around what's going on so it's going to be a much more produced element to it so you're kind of you're, you're almost going to a sneak preview of what the tv shows look like because we'll be almost doing as live production for the finals um that's the plan you know, we yes. haven't got there yet. I haven't seen what's, you know, what, the, what the lay of the land is. But, you know, and that's the great thing about live TV. The great thing about live TV outside, you never know, Keenan. You never know because something will throw you a curveball and you have to handle it. You oh, know? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what it's all about. And, and this is where you, I believe you're very pivotal in this whole scheme of things because we was talking about it before we came on air. The difference between commentating and announcing. And yeah, it's, you're, you're it's a commentator. Two jobs. And yeah. Yeah, I just think um, when you go to a regular RC race, it's so catered to to just racers, you know, lap times. And yes, there are some there are like race announcers that make things. Scotty Ernst is a very exciting announcer. Uh, I think uh, he doesn't really announce anymore. But Lance McDonald was a very good announcer. You know, he used to make it exciting. But at the end of the day, it's guys, you know, there's. They're making it exciting for us because we're RC guys and we know what's going on. We know about lap times. We know that. You know, we know. Your job is going to be much more difficult, but you do a good job of it, as, as we spoke <laughs> earlier, is you're going to make that into for, the, for Joe Blow, who just pops on and says, clicks onto that. And that's where you're very pivotal. And that's where you'll shine because that's your specialty, in my opinion. You're an actual commentator. Your paddock walks, all that type of stuff. That's that's where we attract people because people will will listen to you and understand what's going on, and I, it's just pivotal. Yeah, I, mean, uh, yeah. I think yeah. I mean, I think, I think I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not in any way um, uh, demeaning or di diminishing the role of the track announcer, which is you know which is key because they they have an element of not only telling the, the races what's going on, but also keeping the event running, um, you know, and making sure doing a little bit sometimes of the of the refereeing elements mm -hmm. as well. But what 
the commentators was there to do is to talk to the people who are watching remotely. Mm-hmm. So it's not, uh, it's not. They're not. I'm not. I'm not in the slightest bit bothered about the people at the track unless I'm trying to interview them after a race or between races. Mm-hmm. So it's all about you know trying to tell the story of what's happening on the track, how how that affects what what the the, the meaning, the pivotal effects are, what you know what cars doing well, what the background is, tell a bit of a story. So I'm trying. You know, an announcer is trying to keep a meeting running fairly and efficiently and quickly and to an element entertain the people who are there whereas a commentator is trying to tell the story of the event mm-hmm. and exactly. the story has people involved it has events involved it has you know, the dead possibility you know an announcer is never going to sit around talking about the possibility of rain for four minutes when he's a dark <laughs> clown coming because he's got other things he needs to do yeah. whereas we can talk about weather and we can yes. talk about how that affects things and we can talk you know and it you know it, it, it's a different role and it's it's about it is about storytelling. It's about informing. It's about having that knowledge around it. And yeah, it's, it's also, you know, I think the thing is, all good commentators have, you know, need to have an opinion as well. You, yes. you, you need to make decisions. You need to say if you think something's a bit iffy. You need, you shouldn't have favourites because that's that's that'll backfire and bite you on the backside very quickly. But you know, if you think Barry's done something wrong, just say he's done something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't got to be politically correct the whole time. No. Um, you know, and I think there is a yeah. You know, I've fallen foul on on several occasions of actually calling it as I saw it, and sometimes I've been right, sometimes I've been wrong. If I've been wrong, I'll apologise it. But it's like any sport, you know. I will commentate it at real speed, full you know, full speed, real time, and you may well see later on with when you understand the mitigating circumstances or you've seen a replay at half speed, you'll go, oh yeah, it wasn't quite as bad as it looked or it wasn't even bad at all. But you know, that's not, that's the whole point about it is to call it as you see it and not sit there worried about what people are going to think about what you've said. Yeah, I agree, man. You just got to do it and you do a, a great job of it. And that's why I follow RC Racing TV. I know I keep saying that over and over again because I want people to really watch it, you know, and I I try to promote it as much as possible. Okay. No, um, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> well, you guys do the work, so it's worth it. You know, it's it's hey, recognition, man. I, I recognize good stuff. So there we go. So tell me, Nick, I have a, a lot of questions about RCGP being yep. the answer to some people but like think i have it's so it's so many mixed so mixed questions i have a group of people not, not even a group a very few bit of people that say oh this is going to destroy rc and then i have a, a a group of people that are like yeah i want to wait and see what happens but i think it's a good idea and then we have people like you you and me who think this is the best thing since sliced bread what do you say to these naysayers who think this is going to do this to the hobby and do that and whatnot well the sport hobby slash sport what would you say to them? I, I don't understand the negative. I understand the wait and see people. I don't understand the negative people. And I'll tell you why. Because basically what, we, what is being said is that some independent businessmen are putting their own money in with some money from the RC companies to provide you with four weekends of entertainment for free. Yeah. What, what, why wouldn't you want that? You can choose not to watch the four weekends of free entertainment and it will affect you not one bit. <laughs> um, or you can watch some of the four weekends of entertainment and decide you don't like it and never watch it again. Or you can do watch it and think it's great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. It's not, the point about it is, is that I, I, you know, I just want to say, oh, it's going to make everything cost more. Why? Yeah, I don't get it. The fact is that the manufacturing manufacturers have a budget and they're putting some of the budget in RCGP. Previously, it might have spent – Steve Miggins might have done the, I don't know, the DXR event rather with the money rather than that. Or if he's a European racer, he might have done like a Nitro Blast. But now they're going to put it to RCGP. Yes. That doesn't affect you at all. No. You just get a chance to get four weekends of free entertainment. Um, you know, and 
realistically, you've got to, you've got to try something every now and again. If you keep the definition of stupidity is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Yes, or insanity. So, That's insanity. Yeah. Too. You know, so what you kind of end up doing is saying, right, they're, they're, you know, people put money in their mouth and prepared to try something different. You know, it, 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 I hope it works. It may well work. There's a chance it won't work, but no one will get, no one will be harmed in the making of this series. Put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, it doesn't, I don't think it um, has any bearing on uh, if my effort or raw, because it's a different situation, certainly at the start. I don't think it's, we're suddenly going to see that in Brazil in 2020, only 11 people turn up because they feel that there's no world championship worth winning because RCGP has been doing it. Um, you know, there's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of championships for other sports where there's also a world championship that carries on being fine, but the, the, other, the other series um, are also beneficial. You know, yes. the World Cup's the World Cup, but we still enjoy, we still enjoy the Champions League. Yes. You know, it's, it's and the Premier different League. things in a different way with different rules. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, but then there are people who are, you know, when it comes to the internet, they just start with an idea. They don't like something and they're sticking with not liking it. So yeah. that's fine. And then it's our job to prove them wrong. You know, opinions are like uh, a-holes. Everybody's got one and everybody stinks at, a t at some point in time. So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think if, if, we're, if we're actually really honest, and let's be really, let's, let's, let's do something I said I'd do and not sit on the fence. The reason that anybody thinks this is a bad idea is because it's an idea that came initially from JQ. Yeah, That's I, why. I can agree if, with that. If it had been my idea or Brandon from Live RC's idea or, or I don't know, um, Associated's idea or, or Philippe from HB's idea, it would have been a great idea. And everyone would thought it was fabulous. But obviously, JQ being a polarizing person, especially in the States, um, people decide because it was his idea or it was like his idea, but he was driving behind it. Um, I'm going to not be in favor of it because of the people who are involved, which is fine. It's part of your, you are allowed to do that. But when you are proven wrong, could you please send uh, both JQ and me an email? No, it's, it's, it's bigger than JQ because it's a group of people that, that are passionate Hello. about this and, and want to see this happen. I think also, I think uh, what's very notable, it, well, it probably isn't noticeable for people who aren't involved in the organization, but obviously JQ is, is taking a step back from those mm -hmm. things because obviously he, once, he hits, once he hits the actual track, he is a competitor. Yes. And at that point, I guarantee he will get no positive treatment because no. I know the people involved. So no. he will not be given any, cut any slack because he's, he's involved in other elements of it. And, and there needs to be a very firm uh, Chinese war between those two things. So, you know, he becomes a competitor once we hit Manila. And the organization, which he calls himself, Matt, the gang, Dave, everyone, David, and everyone else will be involved in. Yes, I agree. Uh, the thing about it is people have tried this before. You know, I, um, I know I was uh, someone was telling me a story where I think certain groups of people got together who are very influential and very well liked in the industry and much more resources than what we have. Well, well what's going on with RCGP definitely had a lot more money that they could call upon and they all failed. And this is where I think the heart, like, you know, I always say Joseph is hardheaded, but in Spanish, I say cabasur and he's very hardheaded. You know, obviously, if he wasn't, um, JQ Racing wouldn't be around at two, 10 years later. But I think he's hard-headed. I think he's the, the one of the guys to, to get this going because he's not going to... You can tell him it's not going to happen. He's going to be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I think when yeah. the things when, when everybody's been throwing curveballs and whatnot like that, one thing I will say about Joseph as I've worked with him for over two years now, when a curveball is thrown at Joseph, he seems to always find a way 
to hit it or or to to like in baseball we'll hit it say he tipped it foul in cricket we'll say he he tipped it and he tipped it and it just miss miss getting caught in slips you know so I definitely think he's the he's one of the reasons uh, behind it but I think the other people when they realized that the ma like manufacturers weren't going to get on board they gave up and I think that's why this hasn't happened so far what do you think yeah I mean I think if, well no I think it's 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 a much more Grandiose is perhaps the wrong word. But if you look at, we, we already have in Europe, we have series running, mm -hmm. um, which you know in the ETS, the e, um, EOS, and to a lesser the ENS, you know, so the ETS, you know, it, which attracts drivers from all around the world to run touring cars, mm -hmm. electric touring cars, and they've done a fantastic job. They've, the season they've been doing it for eleven years or twelve years, and it's you know produced a competitive series, but it doesn't do anything for the sport it's it just feeds off the sport because there's no pr outside it yes red rc a fantastic organization and they report on it very very well but it doesn't break out of the rc world and it, it is merely there to um feed the desire of central europeans and some top drivers to have a race to go to mm -hmm. um there's no greater vision and i and i know there's been machinations and people have said oh we need to do this we need to do that often often because of dissatisfaction with governing bodies um but they haven't managed to, to take it beyond three drinks in the pub so the rcgp guys should be should be applauded and, and the thing to remember is this is not and and, and absolutely this is not an anti-ifmar an anti-f or an anti-femca endeavor Oh yes. Where in many ways some of the other series initially started that way. Um, it is a idea setting a completely separate series up that it looks to achieve a different goal. Goal one is to become a successful running series, which will involve goal two, which is a much better promotional TV presentation package, so that we can therefore attract people from outside the industry to sponsor us. And that's it's as simple as that. But it's not designed as an attack on anything that exists, be it you know any of the manufacturers any of the drivers any of the organizing bodies it's a separate endeavor designed to produce a you know eight days of of, of exciting racing and eight programs and and lots of features and things everyone can enjoy it's a, it's an all positive experience the only person with a negative experience at the moment are the guys who are going to be negative in year one investment wise i'm very much hope they'll be positive for year two and onwards because oh. uh, that means we can carry on doing it but yes. you know it is i i don't think it comes from, i'm certain it doesn't come from the same place as some of the other series it's not it doesn't come from dissatisfaction with the governing body it comes from dissatisfaction from the way we keep doing things the same and not mm -hmm. growing what we want to do you know yes. and if we and if we grow the sport everyone benefits and obviously the manufacturing involved benefit jq benefits they benefit you know, i benefit matt benefits yeah we all do uh, and also the sport does because more people racing more people racing means more kit more stuff more produced if you make if anyone makes more of something it gets cheaper eventually everyone goes either gets better more reliable more exciting more people to race against so it's cheaper so if it succeeds we all win that, hey, that's how i look at it dude hey, mm. it's it's like you said earlier it's uh if this, when this takes off and it and it, it helps change rc everybody's gonna be like wow if it fails it hurts nobody nobody mm. at all it hurts yeah it hurts the people that invested a lot of money into it the the, the like you know the guys who yeah. d decided to do it but I think this this concept, like you said, most people talk about it and and want to do it. But when it the when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Well, I think this is already further along than any of the other concepts have come when people try to do this. So it's actually it like people can talk like it's happening. It's happening in a few months. It's starting in Philippines. It's it's gonna be great. 
if you ain't going, because remember, a lot of people think this is just about the pro side too, because you have the RC2 side, which a lot of people yeah. can go to. And, and if you really, I mean, yes, okay, people's like, who can travel all the way to, to Philippines? Well, the people that live close, it's pretty easy to get to. And really, yeah. I mean, I was looking at ticket prices the other day. It's not that bad. It's a long flight, but it's it's an interesting country to go to. Yeah. Yes, it's not it's not massive i mean i think the point is the, the rc the gp2 is only looking at 120 entries and, yes. and the philippine masters in the first case have been established for years There'd be no problem finding people who want to take that there'll be, there'll be names we won't have heard of there'll be the local guys and and probably from places some of the tie drivers will come down and um the australians short hops, you might get some europeans and americans who want to be really pushed but yeah so i think uh, put the boat out yeah i think uh yeah the, the european rounds will you know yes they're in central europe so if you want to race it and you want to, and you can probably you know if certainly you can most of the country have to drive it you haven't even got to get on a plane to do it because it's you know it's and these are tracks which have hosted uh euro events euro b events um bicky design events so they've they've all got the, the wherewithal to do a large event and they're all, all easy to get to um so there's no reason why you won't you know if you're, if you're thinking you're doing a meeting for fun in in over that particular weekend then you'll you know you'll go down and join 119 other people in that rcgp2 event which will have a final the final will be fully televised um, on the live stream and uh you know i'm sure the same reason and the qualifying will be on there as well so there'll be you know, you'll, you'll still get all the benefits of that and you'll be racing in a race you can you know the good thing is i mean uh, you know it is it's rcgp2 it's like moto2 you aren't racing valentino rossi you're racing the guys of a similar conceptual idea to you so you've got a chance of winning the thing yes That's i agree good. and you i can win the whole thing I, I get i i guarantee this is going to happen because obviously the, the silver state race is the same weekend and and for people that don't know that was not planned like that because the philippine masters has had these dates for a few years now and i get it that uh, and silver state's gonna be a great race but i guarantee you that while people are racing in uh silver state people will be tuning in to rcgp as well and vice versa. So it should be it should well, be interesting. The, the time the time zones are so different. I'd be very yeah. surprised as much overlap. Yeah, um, that's true too. I think I think Manila is about fifteen hours ahead of um, RCGP. So we'll be running for the nine hours of the uh, the time yeah. when the, they're probably not running in um, uh, in in Vegas. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously the drivers can't be in two places at once, but I don't think we'll be having a particular battle for audiences because no. I think they're uh, the, the time zones kind of move them out of um, any sort of uh, overlap. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Are you excited about uh, covering races outside of Europe? Um, you know, it's my brain, but I've, I've covered races outside Europe in full size all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, last year I did a couple in the States. I did uh, Abu Dhabi, I did um, uh, Dubai and a couple of others. So it's, it's all, and we've covered RC events in, mm-hmm. in out of Europe. Yeah. But it's always, I've never been to the Philippines and I always like going somewhere new. So that's uh, absolutely, it's, a, it's a, a very positive thing for us. And the guys who work with, with me, my, my camera guys, are positively overexcited, to be honest. Um, but they don't get out much, so that's why. Yeah, I, I, um, the Philippines is awesome. Um, I've never been there. I've, I've worked with, uh, I was working in Abu Dhabi and, and Doha. I work with a lot of Filipinos, very nice people, hardworking people. They, the, the track looks, looks very good. I mean, the guy that the, I think uh, Edward Seal works owns it. CEO, I don't know how to say his name. I mean, he's put in a lot of work to make that track look like like something like a work of art that's what i, I call it dirt dirt art and we got the spec tire thing going on so you got to worry about that in the rc2 class you got a, a very great venue the, the philippines is cheap it's very it's it's good to ha- you can have fun there very cheaply um you get to see a different culture you get to meet people that are into racing because one thing i always say rc is bigger than just 
America and Europe. RC is a worldwide thing, and there's lots of people into it. So I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Let me ask you something. Are you going to eat the balut when you go to the Philippines? Because Joseph did. Did you see I him? Don't know, I don't know what that is. Oh, balut is like a, <laughs> it's like a delicacy in Philippines. It's like a, a, a stillborn baby chick in an egg. No. No, you just said that, so no. no. <laughs> Joseph, like, I didn't. I didn't particularly want to eat the the, uh, the rancid shark from from Iceland either, or Finland. But I, I made a mistake of drinking eating that at the event once. So no, I, I've decided to put the stunt eating to someone else. That's the guy cool. Man versus food, perhaps. <laughs> be good. It's going to be great, man. Um, I think uh, if you were on the fence about coming to this race, I would say go check. Uh, if you and you want to do the RC two side, go check some flights into the Philippines. Hotels are cheap, transportation's cheap, food's cheap. It's not as bad as you think, and you can have a great race and be, I think, be a part of RC history because this is what it's going to be, in my opinion. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. So, I think so. I think, I think it's going to be a great event. I think it's going to be, uh, and if you can't go, obviously just watch us. We'll, 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 we'll produce something. It'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and that's another thing. You'll be able to see this, and um, I, I can't wait. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it in a small way, and... I don't know how, how. Like, are you really excited about this? I mean, this is something different for you too. I mean, like, not different. I, and I have to be honest, with you, it's, I, I am very excited by it. But I'm right in the middle of the logistics for everything, so I, I'm I'm kind of concentrating on the fact that on the 30th and 31st of March we've got the 12th Euros, and three weeks after that we've got the DXR event, and then two weeks after that we're in Manila. So that it's it's all it, to me. It's all about. I will get very very excited about a week beforehand. Prior to that, it's all just going through all the other events prior to it. You have to go, take it one event at a time and. Keep Keep working out the logistics of how people get there and, and everything else so it's uh it's going to be very exciting in the week leading up but at the moment i'm kind of like going oh no 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 how do i get that bit of kit there and how do i get that so, so it's I'm in a terrible practical mode at the moment keenan rather than the kind of woohoo element yeah well i'm i'm excited about it um i was talking to matt the other day he's he's super excited but everybody's excited that's involved so Hey, yeah, it's, it's, gonna, it's a chance. It's a real chance. It's something different, and and you know we are completely in charge of how the event runs. Mm -hmm. So we aren't beholden to uh, any sort of uh, uh, governing body or team collection meeting or protest team. Yeah, you know, all that sort of stuff, which can can scupper things. And if you want to make a decision on the fly, you can do that. And and that obviously is particularly useful for things like you know when you're doing TV coverage. It means you can actually drive a little bit of how things look. Yes, rather to be more reactive, which you obviously have to do it an F or an if environment because the F and if environments are, are are about finding European champions and world champions. They're not about providing the, the TV side is and the streaming side is an add-on, whereas you know the TV and the streaming is is you know absolutely uh, fundamental to RCGP. And and at this time, recording this, uh, we have one more. Uh, well, you know, Elliot Butch just signed with S Work, so. That's another probably exciting racer that's going to be in, in attendance as well. So who knows? They, got, they, got, they, they appear to have too many top drivers now, so uh, they're going to have to work out who they're, who, they're, who they're leaving at home, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's. I guess that's a good a good problem to have, man. So it's going to be, and I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about it until it happens, and I can't wait till it happens, and I can talk about it some more. Yeah, and then you can talk about it afterwards as well. Yes. <laughs> Well, Nick, I want to thank you for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure for me because I'm a fan of yours and I, I love what you do for RC. Keep doing it. You make it exciting. And I'm really looking forward to to you doing this in Manila, man. I, I, I just think it's going to be great, man. And thank you for coming on board. Um, and I'll be watching you. I'll be watching at DXR here. I don't watch 10, I don't watch 12 scale stuff. I'm sorry. I can't get into that. I, I love all RC things, but I'll be watching the DXR race with you and... Uh, 
Uh, then I'll, and who knows, maybe we'll see each other in Manila. I'm not sure if I'm going yet. Uh, oh, I hope so. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on. It's always, it's always good to chat about it. You know, realistically, it's, it's, it's going to be really, really exciting when we get there. And I think it's going to be, if, if, if 80% comes, uh, comes off what we've been planning, uh, people are going to love it. Um, it's going to be completely different and you're going to get to see a completely different side of what RC and RC drivers are. Um, and you also get two full days of exciting competition. So it's, there you uh, go. it's, uh, Put it in your diary, first weekend of May. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for your time, dude. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and um, we'll be in contact f- before that for sure. All right. Thanks, Ken. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Oh, he's upside down! He's upside down!